Episode of the Unrefined Sophisticates Podcast. Episode Big 159. Mm. Keeping it simple. Again, sometimes I want to come in, flex my uh lexicon inside of this world. Your multilingual Yeah, my multilingualist. I'm a multilingualist. And, you know, sometimes the pushback on it is rather heavy and I'm getting older. My ankles is a little weak. So <laughs> sometimes I budge. I don't move. But uh, I might give a little, you know. This is the Unrefined Sophisticates podcast, as I said, and I am your host, Ken Jones. To that box right there that doesn't have the right name under it, just corrected that. Morgan Jones. Yeah. Before we jump into them things, we're going to start with our shout outs. Shout out to Canada and Japan for being our top listening country this week outside of these here United States. Shout out to Queens for being our top listening city and Brooklyn and Kent for being our top listening cities this week outside of Portland, Oregon. The other boroughs need to step it on up a little bit. Step it on up a little bit. Come through. You're going you gonna to just let Queens? We did a whole Brooklyn. whole little uh, section on Dapper Dan before. You know, mm-hmm. like Harlem, where is you at? We talk about yeah. Jim Jones. That's what I'm talking you about. Dipset, dipset, dipset. Listen, where y'all at? We also want to make sure to shout out our top listener this week. For a second time in a row, alternate life force. Wild screen name. Make sure also shout out our sponsor, the nine brand, the I X B R A N D. Check out the latest and the greatest at the I X B R A N D dot C O not com. Don't let your browser mess it up for you. Mm. You can follow us, the Unrefined Sophisticates, on the Instagrams. You can follow us at Unrefined Sophisticates. Follow me, Can, at I Technically Can, and follow Morgan at Portland Morgan. Make sure you like us, subscribe, and review wherever you listen. And tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Double Aunt Andres. Voila. Hello there, my friend. Hello. How are, How are you? you? Uh-huh. Oh, I did, I did it first. You owe me Coke. Wait, that's not how that goes. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Is that how they did it in your generation? Wow. Oh, my God. We're starting there. I mean. Uh, listeners, earlier tonight, just this very evening. What happened? Kenneth and Rather had the unmitigated gall. <laughs> <laughs> to say that I'm uh, 40, 40-ish in my 40s and my, you know, I don't want to, I'll just, I mean, I'll, I'll round my own age up to you and say that I'm in my 40s and, or, or early 40s, like something like that. And I'd just like to be clear. I am not a person that is ashamed of my age by any stretch. <sighs> But I am four zero period. That's where I live today until June. We are 40. We don't get so, to talk about let other me, let, 
Let me just give a little brief context to what was said. Nobody needs context to this. Because I was trying to group us together. Which you already would have. You're not that far behind me, friend. I was trying to put us in the group of, you know, um, something in the same same brackets. You know what would be super easy if you just said like what? for 40 year olds. That's it. Like you you could have just we're 40 if you were trying to group us, you know? Yeah, that, that left me out though. I've got I've got a few years until then. It's like you know when people graduate, remember when you were in the uh the the 11th grade and how you looked at seniors like dang. And then like if a senior graduated and then came to like a high school party, you were like, Oh yeah. Why are you here? Why? Yes. You know? Yeah. Okay. So now I'm saying. you're at the party is what you're saying. <laughs> is that what we're going for? <laughs> so that if that's the case, then I like have to quit this podcast and it's my favorite thing to do on Fridays. We would never want that. So because the thing is we're an inclusive podcast. Goodbye. Let's we so. should maybe we include it all. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but you asked how I was doing, and I am cool. I have survived. I have survived of uh, a 36 hour battle for my life. Mm. Uh, so I was my, this this stallion here was being ravished <laughs> internally. Mm. There was there was something that hit me and and you know it took it took all of the the defenses in my body to rally and act out 300 part 2 <laughs> against whatever this attempted invasion was and came out victorious you know the bounce back being real but for those couple that day and a half, that was a doozy. Uh, I forgot what it felt like to be like sick, sick. Uh, and there's a, because for as many things that I'm aware of and I have uh, knowledge about, remedies are not one of them. <laughs> That's like what to take, what to do in that. I have nothing. It's water and sleep that I know. Um, I did try to get up and go make some fun happen. Was not working. Got about three three bites of that. It was sounding like it would have hit about three of them. And I was like, nope. And had had no appetite for most of that, most of that time. Um, but I really realized that I just don't have I don't have a remedy. And people that have those on on deck, like, oh, you should do this. You should take that. There's so much value. So if you have those people in house specifically that are good with that, I think about people that have that type that yeah. has to be clutch. Or if you just grew up getting those type of remedies, if you got more than a glass of water and a lay down uh, <laughs> when you were sick, be thankful. <laughs> into adulthood I hold on to water and a nap so you mean to tell me for tummy issues you were not told to just have ginger ale <laughs> no so I was answered I never liked ginger ale 
So it never that was the black fix all. Like yeah, that was definitely one of the ones. I could get jiggy with the seven up though. I would go to seven up route, but not the the ginger. I couldn't do. Which now as an adult, I can get I can get more friendly with the ginger ale if it's the ginger ale lemon joint. Ah, not just the straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, snap back out of it. Have my have my night of sweating, sweating it out. Uh, came back with a vengeance. Got a little uh some video work being done for some some promotional things that are happening. Looking forward to that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a little flow through this week. I'm glad I made it to this Friday. Got a little pop-up happening this weekend. If anybody out and about running through the cities, um by the time y'all hear this, I guess it won't matter, but <laughs> for those that uh <laughs> seeing this live right now yeah hearing know, this live right now you know uh where is yeah. that pop up one more time that's gonna be in the town of down um <laughs> i actually need to pull up because the building i had not i had not i had not heard of uh previous to this and another thing that i've learned i learned from albert einstein is some things that you can look up why memorize them when you can look them up and not have to store that stuff in your brain, taking up all that valuable real estate. So that's something I kind of, you know, I, I live by um, until moments like this when I can't find the joint. Uh, 819 Southeast Taylor Street. Jaja mm-hmm. PDX presents the Mayday Market. Mayday, Mayday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's things like that. I love it. You do? If you love it so much, why don't you marry it? Mm, can't marry a pop up. I win. Um, what I do love that I can't marry also is that uh, you'll be doing a pop up and uh, selling out, I'm sure. Yes. You know, that is, that's the point. That's my favorite type of seller the favorite it's the it's the best part of a pop-up there's so much less to uh carry back to your car you know man it's, yeah it's it's a good feeling so let's sell can out let's do it oh wait can i even say that i don't know that i can say that fcc won't let me be <laughs> without me yeah <laughs> What I did want to talk about, you said you mentioned downtown, the town of down. Yeah. And uh, locally. So this may not be that important to our international and to our national listeners, but it will matter to you in the fact of just like or in the context of just like local elections and your own local politics and making sure that you are um, informed, you know, it may not be as tricky other places like right now there's we're in, you know, the primaries for the governor gubernatorial race. And we are in the midterms for house representatives, um, city council, those, those kind of things. DA elections are happening too. Yes. Yes. Uh, also incredibly yeah. important to yeah. your city, wherever you live. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to take a second because I, you know, it's May 17th is our election day. And 
We are also in a state where we do mail by voting and uh, you get this, you know, voter pamphlet that is, Mm -hmm. you know, as detailed as something like that can be. Uh, Hoping that everybody also still uses their uh, (laughs) power of the Internet when they are looking these candidates up, because there are so many for so many of these uh, open positions. yeah. And right now, like uh, uh, what I've started to call Portland, this era of Portland is pandemic Portland, uh, because there's a lot of fallout from the pandemic, from failures of not just local government, but federal government. Right. Okay. And across the nation, there is a houseless issue that has uh, exploded. It is yes. su- such a bigger issue. And Portland has sort of always been uh a destination for houseless people like people would migrate here because the climate was sort of mild yes it rains a lot but it isn't so cold it isn't so hot like um it's kind of been you know the west coast is a place where it's a little bit yeah. easier if you are outside okay uh, there is a lot more visible houselessness in portland in downtown on the east side like a lot no question uh there are you know um there's this call and claim that crime is up like this exponential amount which just isn't actually true uh but because people keep saying it and because they're correlating that with the houselessness uh uh issue It is just true to people, even though the data does not bore that out, even though uh, it, like it, 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 that part just doesn't matter somehow. I, I hope anybody listening to this in Portland in <laughs> understands that 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 part has to matter. It has to matter that, yes, your media and, and what you're taking in is um, inflating. Right. And there are you got to remember that, like, if it bleeds, it leads. And that's how a lot of newsrooms work. And so you're going to hear about all these shootings and you're going to hear about all of these things that are uh, criminal, you know, someone's on the loose kind of thing. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But the actual reality of it is, is that the the crime has not gone up in the way that um, they're saying. It hasn't gone up. <laughs> I, I, let me stop there. It yeah. has not gone up. Full stop. Period at the end of it. So there you have a lot of people that are like um <laughs> you have a lot of people that are like the crime, the violence, the homelessness. This city doesn't, you know, the current uh elected officials have no idea how to handle this crisis and what are we going to do? We need more police. Mm -hmm. That is almost always a candidate's response. More police. But what if we told you that the crime isn't up? Like if your response is there's crime happening, so do more police. What if there isn't more crime happening? Do you need more police? Like, I, do you and would you listen to the truth being that the crime isn't up? 
So when you have the media telling you that, when you have the police telling you that, because the police want their budgets to be as big as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Portland specifically, I'm not going to talk about any other county, you know, uh, right, right. Canyon, and it, Portland, Multnomah County specifically, which is the largest uh, police force in this area. Mm-hmm. There are vacancies. Vacancies, meaning open positions that, that need to be filled <laughs> that are not currently filled and the mayor and other you know city council members proposed the other you know candidates running for a uh, governor they they are so many of them are talking about expanding the police budget so that we can get more police out on those more streets. y'all have not filled every position uh, and what they forget to And keep, you're having trouble, not just yes. having. <laughs> Thank you. That's where I was going. Like what they forget yeah. to keep telling you is that they're having issues filling those positions. And some of the reasons why people left those positions is the police oversight that was about to start happening in Portland specifically. And you can look at all of the internets, right? And you can see these officers saying things like, "You, I can't crack heads." <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to Clackamas County. Yeah, Joanne Hardesty wants to pay attention to me. <laughs> I'm going to Clackamas County. <laughs> Quick and fast. So when these people left and they went to Oregon City or they went to Dundee or they went to where Sandy, wherever they went so that uh, they can, you know, now mess with all of the uh, the brown people out mm-hmm. there. <clears throat> they let those spots haven't been filled. So here we are with empty spots that could be filled that need to be filled in order to have the full force. Right. But you guys are calling for more police. You're calling for more money to recruit more police when you can't fill the positions that are currently open. I do not want my tax dollars going to waste. And this is what we have been dealing with is waste. Much like uh, people for Portland, we've talked about them before, and I just want to, you know, continue to highlight that the people for landlords <laughs> are mm. out here dumping money money oh yeah it's big money that's big, been the thing from the jump from the big, jump big push and a reminder that the framing that they do is this very vague and generic like don't you wish or don't you think everyone should have safe shelter they're riding on the values that yes any decent human will say yes to these values. Right. Aren't you tired of all of the trash? Like, yeah, so, I'm not, I'm not sure there's thinking, many people that would say, yeah, I, I would like the trash <laughs> in the street, in my front yard. Nobody's going to say yes to that. No one's going to say yes to that. So when you're framing that, your, your question that way, you're getting answers that are uh, misrepresentative, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're being disingenuous with what your what your proposed outcome is with that framing. People for Portland's proposed outcome is to house 
houseless people in warehouses or jails. You're either going to get in this shelter Mm -hmm. that is a thousand person shelter Mm-hmm. Or we're going to make this a criminal issue and you go to jail. Your choice. And the voters of Multnomah County in Portland have already voted on a tax to create a permanent solution for housing for houseless people. Yeah. In that, they are, that also includes having services, mental health services, addiction services, uh, how to get back on your feet kind of thing. And it's with the approach of housing first, right? That if you are vulnerable, uh, I'm sorry, not vulnerable. If you are uh, on the street, you do not have stability. And with that instability comes a lot of uh, friction for your life, so to say, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea for a lot of people who have never experienced houselessness, who have never experienced severe poverty don't have the idea or understanding that a mentally sound, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. uh, non-addict could be homeless. It's right. like, it's a moral failure if you mm-hmm. have done that and everybody who's out there is either mentally ill or drug dependent, right? Yes. And so therefore, because of those two things, they are also... Uh, not worth our time they are just like not they're not humans anymore they made this choice who cares throw them in a warehouse and they should be thankful that there's a roof over their head (laughs) to talk about having services before you have housing is completely backwards it's completely backwards where where are you safe where are you stable like you can't how, how do I have doctor appointments? <laughs> how do I meet with my caseworker? How do you know what I'm saying? Like, if I don't know where I'm going to sleep, if I don't know how much sleep I'll get, if I'm like, there are so many things that go into that instability. Yeah. So you have to make someone stable in their housing portion first before you start talking about uh, any sort of fixes. Right. Mm-hmm. And people for landlords has come in tons of money to say, let's take 75% of that voter. 75% money. three quarters out of a dollar. Let's take all of that. Let's make short term shelters. Mm-hmm. With, we're not even talking services. We're not even yeah. talking uh you know, making sure that once in that shelter, that person is safe, that person's things are safe, that that person doesn't have to be worried about uh, any of the people around them. Right. Right. Like many houseless people will tell you, I'm not doing that shelter. Uh, it's not safe in there. <laughs> and and that's a that's a part in there that, um, you know, we talk at least, I'm, you know, my day work, we do a lot of things in coalition. Right. We talk about yeah. how you trying to address a problem without including the voice of the people (laughs) closest to the problem, you're not going to get an accurate understanding of actually how to address this problem. It's fake. And yeah, because it's these ideas of what would work versus dealing with the people, but also taking their concerns serious. 
taking that into account. Like, I understand that there's, you know, you can set everything up and I mean, things happen. People will find a way to try to, you know, get over in a system. I feel that that's, that that's a thing. That's just a human condition, right? No matter what level. Um, but in general, there's too much, um, too many decisions being made without thinking of the people who are actually affected by these decisions. And much like I just want to, you know, if anybody is like, I can't understand what Can is saying because I don't know anybody that's homeless or I've never been homeless. And you feel like, you know, uh, it's much like the CEOs and those C-suite folks that are making uh, decisions and implementing policies and procedures that affect the lowest on the rung, right? Yeah. And they have no idea how that changes workflow. They have no idea what that means to the rest of your day. They and they don't care, right? And so if if you have a if you're working for a company that's like everybody in this, mm-hmm. you know, front office has to be has to work one shift a month or has mm-hmm. to work, you know, get training. In order to get this position, you have to have been a barista, that kind of thing. Like any one of those jobs is going to be a lot better Mm -hmm. than the ones that don't and don't see the value in that. Because who are they to make these decisions, right? And to leave the people that are affected the most, leave them out of the discussion, it is disingenuous from the jump. If you have told me that you haven't talked to any houseless people, but you got a solution, I will not take you seriously. <laughs> you you are not a serious person about this serious issue, right? Yeah. I'm not. And so, like, I want people to understand, like, pay attention to that. You have you, you might be that person right now, right? Or you have friends, family, significant other, whatever, who has a staunch opinion on something, who mm-hmm. is very serious about getting this, uh, you know, trash off your streets because you like the look of a nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I do. I want you to ask that person with that very serious, staunch opinion and uh, idea of solution. I want you to ask them who they've talked to. How many houseless people told you that this would be something that would help them? that's not how it works uh typically it's in the comment section of the portland tribune or (laughs) something to that effect burning fire uh dumpster fire yeah there's another like misconception uh or maybe that's not even the right word but there's a absolute uh large money invested or vested interest in Mm -hmm. getting Joanne Hardesty out of city council. Which is something, and and I'm I'm glad you're going here and hopefully this will shed some light in the space because there's many times that I'm like, why does she keep getting tossed? It's as if it's as if there's no other city council members, right? Yeah. Somebody has somewhere made other people believe or feel yeah, that she's the only one who gets to do or say anything. Yeah. And that anything she says actually is then implemented. Yeah. And I'm then out. so all of this is her fault. Yeah. And so number one, the reminder in pandemic Portland, 
Uh, what is happening with the explosion of houselessness is a lack of resources. Mm-hmm. It is not a moral failure. It is not. It is not as if we took care of these folks, and then they just said, "I'd rather do heroin." Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> straight up. Like, there's, you know, this also misconception that there's all these people that are just living off the government. And they would they don't want to work and they don't want to do these things. And so they'll, they'll just be homeless instead. Like you, you have to be so disconnected from, uh, you know, like classism is working so overtime with you in order for you to be able to divide these uh, sections of class to just be like, not people, not people, not people. Like you can't understand that most of us actually most of us are one, two paychecks away. And if that doesn't happen, if if the payment that you were waiting for doesn't happen, if yeah. you don't have a person you can borrow from, right? like this is exactly where then we get into predatory lending and all of the things that then change your life in a different way too, yeah. right? And so preying on poverty <laughs> is a thing. And mm-hmm. poverty is a policy choice. We could have absolutely been taking care of people with federal dollars, with local tax dollars to make sure that nobody got kicked out of their house. Mm-hmm. To make sure that people got, didn't have to sleep in their cars. Mm-hmm. We could absolutely, there are so many vacancies right now that Multnomah County itself is like, hey guys, uh, private landlords, how about we do this thing with you where we become the inter- intermediary? Mm-hmm. We're going to pay this person's rent for at least 12 months. You will always get that payment from us on time. Mm-hmm. We will be the person, we, you know, uh, there will be a caseworker. So if there is an issue yeah. with the apartment or dwelling, uh, yeah. There is always a, there is always someone for you to talk to and for the for the person who will then be renting, who may be, you know, a few years removed from having a landlord, from mm-hmm. uh, dealing with, uh, you know, any sort of issue that arises in a house. Your plumbing is different, you know, or, or messes up or whatever. And mm-hmm. you don't know how to handle that anymore. Maybe you're scared to talk to the landlord because the mm-hmm. last time you did, you were evicted. You know what I mean? Right. Like. So there's an intermediary. There's not uh, that I know of a ton of pushback yet, but this as they're rolling this uh, system out, they have had like uh, other property owners that have um, partnered with them in this way with the county. When I say them uh, that are like, yo, I was reluctant, but this really was, uh, this is the best partnership I've ever had. Like, Uh, And basically what Multnomah County is saying is, hey, we know that you normally have all of these background checks that you do and you don't allow anybody with an eviction and you don't do that, you know, but like we're asking you (laughs) to take us on this. We're definitely going to give you your rent always on time. And Mm -hmm. this is for a year. That is tight. If there is any issue upon leaving this uh, dwelling and mm-hmm. there is, uh, you know, uh, damage that is beyond the wear and tear. We're going to take care of that, too. That is what is that called? Uh, dang. Of course, you would ask me that. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, like, that's a that's <laughs> info that people need. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Um, 
it, it, this is this program is incredible and could be one of the fixes in the way of getting people stable housing again housing first <laughs> let me get you somewhere safe yeah and then we can talk about what's going on with you but i can't even talk to you about what's going on with you until you feel safe right right um right. Uh, uh one second i i, I do want to um you know we think about spending, we think about money. And I, th- I think about this in terms of how we hear numbers like $200 million or $750 million or $1.2 billion. <laughs> and not having an actual understanding of how much money that is and mm-hmm. what that could do. What a lot less That's than that, that could do change. first off. Right. Yeah. And thinking about certain things that, you know, have been set up as you talked about the rent issue, um, especially over these last couple of years uh, with the pandemic and things happening. Um, yeah, there were programs that were put in place to try to help, but there wasn't a thing being that we were forced into not doing a thing. Right. <laughs> um that didn't automatically absolve those people who were forced to sit still for lengthy amounts of time. Rent was still due. And for the, 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 the rent moratoriums, (laughs) um, that still meant at the end of that though, you were still having to, that was just a, you got to come up with the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so it just, that the amount of money that could have been, dumped into just let's call it even that's it pay pay these people they get the taxes on things the things that are it just there's there's so much and we find money for a lot of things a lot of things that don't have nothing to do with these here united states yo and the money gets to getting tossed all around just, and know. the amount of money that is spent within these here United States that is waste, that is literally, you know, folks creating a problem to solve instead of solving problems that exist. Yeah. I mean, like I was trying to trying to I still don't have the uh, cute way to say it yet, but I was saying to ambush yesterday, like the conservative view republican view like can be boiled down to or not view uh politics can be boiled down to i'm creating an issue that doesn't exist solving spending time money effort to solve that problem that doesn't exist and waging a culture war of some sort within it and then the democrats are like just reacting to the culture war and not fixing any of the existing issues and just sort of talking around it (laughs) or, you know, paying it lip service and being performative and Nancy Pelosi got on a kente cloth and she's taking, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, she is also a (sighs) multimillionaire living in San Francisco, Mm. which insider uh... trading, you know, NBD. Just no big deal. Y'all just get to, you know. And we talk about. Go ahead. 
there was uh, we keep seeing everything has gone up. Right. Let's talk about in general. Right. Not to stray away from the homeless talk, but just the cost of living in general. Yes. <laughs> what it's done just in the last six months or so, it's ran up. Everybody's trying to make their money back from um, 2020. It's the think of what gas has done. Which think is gouging, of, which is absolute right. just greed. Do right. understand that's just greed. Yeah, the that barrels are not hitting no for, yeah. That ain't got nothing to do with uh, not having enough. None of that. And I'm sorry to have jumped in, but I. Yeah. it is infuriating to me that there are people that are like, well, that's because the war in Ukraine. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at the barrel prices. The barrel prices are doing what they've been doing. It's not, no. But we look at food, right? We look at what it costs it's went nuts in the past six months what it takes to make it you know through a a two-week you know people get paid a week two weeks you on average yep that's a whole different thing um having that understanding that we're paying more to get less i'm going back to the point that you were making about being just that paycheck or so off This isn't about laziness. This isn't about people not wanting to move and do what they're trying to do. And then we look at places where rent has these cities. You talk to Frisco, you t- we talk New York and boroughs, and it's like, what do you mean a one bedroom for seven thousand just as an average? What do you, what do you mean? These places, three thousand. This isn't luxury. They're not. We're not talking luxury spots, right? Well, and, and so, even like think about the luxury spots that are built today are like cardboard so like yes. it looks yeah. cute but everything's falling apart that's what, yeah much. it's cute there you go it's, it's cute, cute. <laughs> um but it's it's it, it goes back to that uh in that space too of like we think about the homeless and the visible and i know you mentioned it and said people sleeping in their car but like how many people have full-time jobs and are either having to get a hotel a couple of times a week and alternate between a hotel and their car <clears throat> Not because they're sitting around waiting for the government to kick in something. Right. Because all it lazy. takes is those couple of back to back things to hit. You lose a job. Think about how many people lost their job. Yes, there's a lot of people who have quit. There's a lot of people who have yeah, found alternate ways and created things. But not a large story. Yeah. And it right. has been, but it is not. <laughs> right. But in the idea that, you know, what it takes in most of the coastals. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what it takes to actually live if you're working full time, you can hop on the Googles. We love the Googles and just look at what it takes, what you need to make per hour. To be able to li- just baseline, not all the am- excuse me, the amenities, even if you got rid of that, that coffee in the morning, <sighs> um, you know, it's it's this stuff is not that. No, there, it's 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 not about people not wanting. It's about this stuff legitimately being out of reach. And, and most I, of us that are reaching it and touching it are having a damnness time maintaining it. Yes. I, another thing you mentioned, the coastals and. Yeah. Have it. it is hard for me because uh, I am a person who has kind of always prided myself on being able to 
learn from other people's mistakes. Like I mm-hmm. don't necessarily need to make that mistake to know that it is one and that I don't right. want to do it. Right. Uh, we have learned absolutely zero from California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely zero from New York in the way that these skyrocketing rents having no uh, or not enough rent control. Like we're, this isn't a place with rent control mm-hmm. and people fight rent control which still doesn't make sense to me in the way of number one, if your mortgage is getting paid to the land Lord, why do they call it a landlord? I need to update. I hate that. I actually, I don't, I actually, uh, I saw a tweet today that was like something to the effect. I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, uh, you know, landlord and landlady are needlessly gendered terms. (laughs) We need to just, you know, bring it down and they're all land bastards. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so that's your name it. now. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like, uh, oh, now I forgot my point. Oh, no. Uh, so we've got like these, uh, you know, skyrocketing rents. And if you're the people that fight rent control, the thing that kills me is if the mortgage that you uh, pay for whatever building or, you know, structure it is that you would then rent out. If that mortgage is covered, you're not out of pocket anything. You're still getting all of these tax write offs. You're still getting uh uh, a, a uh, boost to all of your credit. You're getting a boost to all of, you know, like your wealth, <laughs> your portfolio is still intact. Uh, and your rent is paid. Like you don't have to deal with the people that are, don't, don't have the money anymore. <laughs> Why would you fight against that? It's greed. That's the only reason you want to be able to put your feet up and passively make money because capitalism told you that that would be cool and that that was the smart way to work is to exploit people and you having me pay your mortgage plus some if you don't think that's exploitation let me let me explain (laughs) like that is flat out exploiting (laughs) someone who is in a position obviously to pay the amount of that mortgage right because I'm paying it I'm paying the amount of that mortgage and then some so that you can Mm -hmm. profit, but I don't have the capital or the credit score to be able to own that land, the way that or property, the way that you own that property. So you're exploiting the fact that I am unable to do that because I'm a person who absolutely has to still pay more money. Right. And if I got, if I got my own mortgage today, it'd likely be less than the rent that I pay. Right. Right. So in order for you to kick your feet up and then complain about, you know, your uh, tenant that, you know, left the back door open or, you know, whatever it is that you're mad about. Mm -hmm. In order for you to do that, you absolutely have to be exploiting people. And I just can't like, as, as Kanathan will say, I can't get jiggy. I cannot get to jiggies. Not at all. And so I just want to bring it, bring it uh, the, the local thing home really quick because we were talking about Joanne and uh, the vitriol that she is facing. And I just want to say a couple of things really quickly so that, uh, you know, Portland folks can hear Mm -hmm. the anti-blackness that is happening at the center of these, uh, of this election is wild. Uh, 
people don't like Joanne Hardesty because she's a dark black woman with locks. She's all the things that they don't like, all wrapped up into one. She is a person who has been blamed for absolutely everything that's going wrong in this city and is one city council member. But I want you guys to remember, the Portland police framed this woman. They tried to frame her for (laughs) felony. With the credit cards? No, with the nah. hit and run. <laughs> oh, yeah. With a hit and run. Yes. The Portland police tried to frame this woman with a hit and run. And nothing <laughs> has happened <laughs> in the way that it needed to. Uh, well, the uh, I, I believe one person was put on leave or something. And then the, you know, the police union is trying to fight to get that person back in. And. It doesn't help news media outlets when you say things like leaked information. (laughs) They framed her. She was not there. She was not the person that did it. And so I just want everybody to think about how hard is your life on its own today? Mm -hmm. Right. How hard is your life? You've got all of the things that you have. I'm not going to list them out for you because that's your life. Right. But like, as much as your personal life is rough or has rough patches, and then you have your work things that have stressors and all of that. What if the police tried to frame you (laughs) on top of all of that? Like what would you be great at your job? Would your parenting maybe shift a little bit? I mean, being in public safety, like in the, you feel like the part of the public safety isn't rocking with you. But and they're are, definitely not right. Like yeah. not not just not rocking with you, but they're actively working against against you. you. Yes, and they feel that she's actively working against them, right? Because she wants accountability. She is the only in living memory, right? Of mm-hmm. uh, of city council people that has held police to account in this way and so they're threatened and absolutely understand that they're threatened but you framed her you tried to frame this woman for a felony Mm -hmm. that needs to matter plus the fact that she's actually been killing it like if you understand what she has championed and what is working portland street response wouldn't be out here if it wasn't for joanne hardesty and there are multiple right now out the street response i've seen them working too no and they are and there's multiple uh reports right now that are telling Mm -hmm. you how successful this program is and understand that that's despite actual city officials being like, yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there and not <laughs> fully funding it the way that they said they would. Yeah. So this is on a smaller budget that they were able to be so impactful that we, mm-hmm. we need, we know we need them yeah. and everybody can understand that the police should not be sent out on every single call. Everybody can get that. Mm-hmm. And, but what they can't understand is when you say defund the police, that that's where that money's going. Right. To mental health workers, to social workers, to people that are actually able to deal with a mental health crisis. They're trained for it. That's what we're talking about. Instead of sending people with guns, send people that have understanding. (laughs) That. And and want to do 
<laughs> the work. And want to. <laughs> want to do the work I of mean, helping. That's it, right? Like That's it. So y'all, there are a lot of people we'll talk about actual, uh, you know, candidates later, uh, maybe next week. We can talk about a couple of the candidates to pay attention to. Yeah. Even the ones that are out here doing some wild for the night, uh, incendiary, divisive uh, stuff. And but we'll get there. Just know right now. (laughs) The things that you're reading about uh, the state of Portland Joanne Hardesty specifically because you will see a lot of things about her uh, but you won't see the wins (laughs) know that you can just google it know that you can look this up for yourself know that uh, you don't ever have to believe me you don't ever have to believe can but look it up Mm -hmm. know that we are not leading you astray I would not Mm -hmm. ever uh, purposely have any uh, you know misinformation coming from, from us Right. And a lot of misinformation is out there and it's purposeful and it is a smear campaign kind of thing, but even further, right? Because framing someone with a felony that's far beyond a smear. That's far beyond defamation. That's like she deserves every single cent, every single penny, because y'all did that. You, law enforcement, y'all who are supposed to uphold the law, you decided to frame somebody for a crime they did not commit because you don't like her. And if you think that that can't happen to somebody who isn't a city council member, guess again? (laughs) Boobop, boobop, bam. That's a nice little bow. Um... Because we cutting this thing here. Ribbon cutting ceremony. (laughs) 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 Well, thank y'all for tuning in. You can follow us on the Instagrams. You can follow us at Unrefined Sophisticates. Follow me, Can, at I Technically Can, and follow Morg at Portland Morgan. Make sure you like us, subscribe, and review wherever you listen. And tell a friend to tell a friend about us. And with that being said, it's check out time. Gotta go, gotta go. Yeah, man. <laughs>